0: Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Today's episode comes with a trigger warning. We discuss suicide, miscarriage, grief, and breakdowns. Please decide if this episode is right for you. We're airing this week's episode on Wednesday rather than on Thursday, because today, Wednesday, January 25th, is Bell Let's Talk Day. This is a day in Canada where we bring awareness to issues of mental health and mental wellness in order to break the stigma that surrounds this topic. Our guest today is Sarah Foster, and she shares an incredibly powerful story. About her own struggles and experiences with mental health and her journey to wellness. I think her story is going to resonate with a lot of people, and we deeply thank her for sharing it. So, without any more introduction, we introduce Sarah Foster. All right. Hello, sisters, brothers, and all non-binary listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. Today, we're here with Sarah Foster, and Sarah and I actually both went through the same self-love program, and you know we never actually met. We didn't go through the same time, but uh, we're finally connecting, and I think it's going to be a beautiful conversation. It already has been so far, so welcome, Sarah.
1: Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, well, let, let's get right into
0: it. Let's get started. Can you uh, introduce yourself? Tell our listeners a little bit about you, what you do?
1: Yeah, so my name is Sarah. I am happily married um, with three fur babies, a dog and two cats. I live in Pennsylvania in the USA. i born and raised in Pennsylvania. Um, I, by day, I am an Annie. <laughs> That's my day job. I nanny a really adorable infant, um, but I am also, as Christina said, a um, certified self-love coach and a Holy Fire Reiki practitioner. Very
0: cool. So um, our, our show today is all about mental wellness, and we're going to be talking about your journey a little bit, and this is all like kind of an honor of Bell Talk Day. Can you tell us a little bit about... Um, your origin story? Like you know, you're a nanny by day, um, and self-love coach by night, but like what kind of like brought all of this together? Like, what's your what's your origin story? What's your story?
1: Well, when I was 14, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I spent many, many years, I probably say a solid like a decade going through ups and downs. And cycles, um, being feeling like like everything's fine, and then going to like the darkest of the places. Um I've had just so many trials and errors with meds, years of therapy. I I was just like, you know, basically surviving. And um it got to a point where um I was just you know trying so hard to like find what would bring me joy and I was um I was just you know going through what I like thought life should be like and the you know I had just finished college I was you know teaching I was an early childhood teacher um and I was thinking that teaching was the the career I wanted and um and turned out later on that it wasn't um but in the midst of teaching and just trying to basically be an adult and build my life um I was you know I, I got engaged and it was wonderful and it was beautiful and at the time I was a substitute teacher And if I don't know how teachers are paid or subs are paid in Canada, but in the USA, they are paid very little. So my thought process was like, okay, um, if I am going to plan a wedding, I am going to, we're going to need more income. So the funny thing is I actually became a Mary Kay consultant. Anyone knows yeah, of yeah. Mary Kay or any of those types of networking businesses. Um, I was using their products and I was like, you know what, let's make some extra money here. Um, so that's what I did. And the thing about Mary Kay is they were really big on personal development. And it wasn't always just like how it's, how do we make a sale and everything? It was, how do you tap into yourself to build your confidence, just to make you like, feel like you love you to Mm -hmm. show others like you have to like love on yourself to love others. And that's when I, that's when it actually like really clicked and it really started because I wasn't doing too much of that prior. Especially when with teaching, teaching is a very, um, like, it's a very, it's very stressful. It can be so rewarding, but you're always having something to do. There's always something on that
2: to do list, right? (laughs) Um, So I really, really
1: fell in love with the fact of investing in myself because I noticed that my confidence was getting higher um after decades, well, decade, not not decades. um, decade of just hating on myself. And when I say hating, I mean, like I hated who I was. Um, I hated everything about myself. My self-worth was little to none. My inner voice, was the meanest voice if it was a person be the meanest person like you would ever meet in your life it was it was terrible I was horrible to myself um so once I actually started to kind of see the the switch of the voice and saying like nicer things to myself and putting that time and love on myself I was like okay this this feels good and this this needs to keep going Because when you go through depression, anxiety, any mental illness, really, any type of hardship, really, and your brain is basically just constantly just saying the most horrible things that anyone could ever say all the time. It is just tiring. It's tiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was tired. So that's when it, like, started and I just kept going so (laughs) then once we got into 2020 um the pandemic hit I was you know I was still teaching at the time I you know the school's closed everything closed and my wedding I was supposed to have in 2020 that wasn't happening Mm -hmm. everything everything stopped and I had a choice, and I knew I had a choice. It was either I let the pandemic swallow me, or i or I, I have or I fight, and I keep doing what I was doing. So I started the concept of practicing gratitude daily. Um and it's and it's hard. And it was hard to find like good things when, like, the world's legit crashing down around us. Like people are sick. People are dying. Jobs are closing. It's, it's like, it was just, it was something like, it was just so unbelievable. And I think you can agree with me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we yeah. ever thought something like this would ever happen. And it was so surreal.
2: Yeah.
1: When my the school I worked at did close down, I did go into nannying. And you know, a lot of parents, they were in the same boat. They had no child care. They had a work still, they had no child care. So we they were hiring whoever like nanny like care.com was popping because there was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because like everyone needed child care. So I did get hired as a nanny. Thankfully, my my husband, well, at, at the time we were he was just he was still my fiance. Um, he was working, we both had an income and I was like, this is amazing. This is, I'm so grateful for this. Um, my family, thankfully they were, they were doing well, they were staying healthy. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for this. Um, even just going outside, being able just to go outside and spend a day outside when the weather was beautiful. I'm like, oh, dang, this is so nice. Um, in 2020, we were living with um, my mom at the time. And my then like my husband and I were able to rent our first place together. Um, it was this really cool two bedroom, two bathroom condo in Wilmington, Delaware. And it was beautiful. It had a view of the Delaware river and it was, we loved it and we were so happy. We And again, like, so I was just like, oh my goodness we were so grateful for that yeah. and also the, the big the big thing was despite COVID I still got married
0: mm, congratulations
1: thank you Rob and I got married and um we had a little uh ceremony in the front yard in my mom's house and a reception quote unquote um in the backyard of her house um Right. We, you know, I said to him, I said, there's no reason why we can't get married. Like we can still get married I mean, we might have to wait for the big wedding, but we can still get married. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do that. So for that, I'm extremely grateful. Mm-hmm. And I noticed as I was just practicing gratitude, like I was able to keep my head above water, basically. Like I was able to still feel good in the midst of everything going on with the pandemic. And I am so like grateful for that because I know so many people's mental health just plummeted Mm -hmm. because it's hard because how do you go from going out and about and having this routine in life and to all of a sudden it was just taken. And it's hard. I mean, you're forced to stay in and isolate. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard and,
2: you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful that I learned how to like be able to put that
1: practice into place because it really has helped me through so much. Hmm. Is um,
0: this is this something that you've done consistently like is that like what what does your practice look like to make it as effective as it has because it just sounds like gratitude has like transformed your life
1: it really has um and I think when I started doing that I really that's when the self-love like really like it all kicked in um because I, I was able to give that love for myself I mean we'll give my love to others it's like, well, why can't I do that for myself?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, when I started doing the gratitude, I started also investing in myself. Like if I'm able to do that, I can put more effort into my physical health and right. put effort into my mental health and my spiritual health and all this other stuff. And so basically what I... What I do now is I do have a gratitude journal, and I do write something every morning. And even it's just like, I slept well last night. Well, thank goodness, because now I have to go take care of an infant. So, and babies are tiring. So, um, <laughs> grateful for that. Um, it just makes me. It feels good. And also, I'm a big believer in what you put out into the universe comes back to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. I try really hard to do that and some days are harder than others I'm not going to lie some days it was really hard to put that gratitude out um and I can get more into that um in a little bit but it is a practice you're not always going to do amazing every day your best and 100% it's not going to look the same and I I I remind myself that as well um yeah. So your best doesn't look the same every
0: day. And that's, I, I think that's something, I don't know. I know me personally, like I was raised to believe that if I wasn't doing like achieving a hundred percent mark, hundred percent like grade, like it wasn't good enough. So I was always like, so, 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 so hard on myself. And I took that into adulthood. And now I'm like, well I did all this yesterday I do not like you have to learn to be so kind and to yourself and like give yourself so much grace so like good for you that you recognize that because like you said like today's not going to look like yesterday tomorrow is not going to look like today tomorrow you might run a marathon today you might just want to crash on the couch and like do nothing and like that's that's okay like that's the best you do today like you could do today and I know like with mental health like and mental wellness that's that's like that's a reality like you have to give yourself that grace to know like it's okay if all I want to do today is lie here or like today I got up and I brushed
1: my teeth (laughs) Like that's an achievement that's a win yeah that's a win sometimes it's hard to even do that especially when you are struggling with a mental illness and it is it is coming in hot that day, basically. (laughs) So I hear that. I I hear you.
0: Can you, if you're comfortable, um, like just just so the listeners maybe know that they're not alone and Mm -hmm. that you share um, their experiences, if you feel comfortable, do you mind telling us a little bit about like what your experience with anxiety and depression was like?
1: Oh, absolutely. I am an open book and I will be happy to share that because I feel like, um, though we've made strides in, um, ending the stigma of mental health, um, it's, there's still, it's still being stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, so the barriers I have faced with everything, like just all my, all my experiences of just going on the self-love journey basically has been my anxiety and depression, just really fighting to be upfront and present, um, at the end of 2021, say around summertime, um, I noticed my anxiety was coming up a lot. Um, and I felt like I was trying to navigate it as best I can, but there were so many outside factors, Mm. um, for one that beautiful condo that we were renting we had to leave because um of finances financial struggles were the financial struggle was uh i mean it was it was pretty bad and it took a toll on top of that um my grandmother who i call my mom mom um she she was diagnosed with dementia in 2014 Mm -hmm. And unfortunately we, she was now hitting a rapid decline. Um, So at the end of 2021, not only did we leave our condo and we moved back into my mom's house, um, but she was rapidly declining and she did pass away on December 29th in 2021. Um, So I basically was entering 2022 with grief. And grief is very tricky, because you if you think you're doing okay, and then all of a sudden you're not. Um, and grief fuels the anxiety, and grief fuels the depression. So I was just letting myself go through it, and I was trying to pick myself back up, get back into the habits that I was doing because, and I think a lot of people could relate to this when, you are in a depressive episode or an an anxiety episode everything I feel like around you just stops like that's what happened to me like everything just stopped I was doing so good I was on a roll I was consistent and then it just stopped and then the negative self-talk kind of plays back in like well you're you know how and I was at this point in the course I was still in the course and of the self-love course and like how are you going to be a self-love coach you can't even take care of yourself it was just that negative like bam bam like like I it just made everything worse on top of that um and as I am trying to pull myself up I had this experience in February of 2022 and I actually really haven't shared this openly with a lot of people and I'm going to do it now um if I get emotional, I'm going to apologize now because it is something that really had really took effect on me. Um and this is gonna be a long, complicated story, by the way. That's <laughs> so okay.
2: Valentine's
1: Valentine's Day weekend. Um I guess you all can figure what um Rob and I did Valentine's Day weekend. So we're just gonna leave, <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. um but that morning i realized i forgot to take my birth control pill so um the next day we went ahead and i grabbed the morning after pill just to be on the safe side because at this time we were not we are not ready for kids um this is now we fast forward to monday which was actually on valentine's day and we're sitting we're having dinner together and we kind of get into this conversation and we made this decision we were like maybe we just we should be childless like we should just have a childless marriage. Like, you know, at that point, my anxiety was still kind of going up and down, and I created the belief that I wouldn't be a good parent because I have anxiety mm-hmm. and I have depression, and I wouldn't be able to to be like this effective parent. I would just pass this on and you know, all this other shit that like I, I told I convinced myself was true, mm-hmm. um. We made that decision Monday, literally the next morning, Tuesday. I woke up and I felt so run down and tired. And luckily I was going into to work um like later in the day. That was that was my schedule. So I just slept. I slept as long as I could. And when I got up, I'm like, I feel rough, just like so beat and drained and, and I was just feeling sick. Took a COVID test. No, it wasn't COVID. I'm like, oh, I must be getting a cold or something. And as the week progresses, I am feeling more and more symptoms. I am feeling um, nauseous, like nauseous in the morning. I am still so tired. (laughs) Um, I have cramping. I have bloating, um, constipation. I have back pain. I, like, my nipples were very sensitive. So basically every, when you look up early pregnancy symptoms, I was having them. Even down to specific cravings, which were the red nacho cheese Doritos mm-hmm. and tasty cakes, iced honey buns, <laughs> two foods I never ever like go to like, Ooh, that sounds delicious. I want those never, mm-hmm. like never. But for some reason I was, t- those were the specific one, I wanted, I had hot flashes, headaches, and on top of that, not only having these physical symptoms, it was like, I can tell you that I was pregnant with a baby girl, as if I'm saying a fact, like, you live in Canada, like, it was just something that was, like, instinctive to me, like, it was, it was intuition telling me I'm pregnant, yes, this is really it, yes, you have, you have, you are like the, in the very small percentage that where the birth control pill and the morning after pill did not work and you mm-hmm. are dead. And even my cat was being very different. Um, mm-hmm. Our one cat who is a big daddy's boy was coming to me and laying himself over where the womb is. Mm-hmm. So it was very, it was like, I was even like, rob my husband who is very very logical very rational is like okay shit yeah you're probably pregnant (laughs) (laughs) so at that point I'm like I get off my pill because I'm like well you know what's the point um I was taking a bunch of pregnancy tests but it was kind of early so it was still come up negative but it didn't even matter to me because I was like I know I'm pregnant yeah and then I get this um I get I guess I saw I thought I saw like a positive line, which now I know is probably an evaporation line.
2: Mm.
1: I thought it was positive. So the next morning I call my gynecologist and I say, like, yeah, I got a positive pregnancy. Um, I have all these symptoms, blah, blah, blah. And they ordered me to get a blood test. Um the next morning, I was my blood test was scheduled. I was gonna go. I woke up and I was bleeding. Mm. Um So I was like, okay, I have my period and I'm not pregnant. You would think that that would have been a relief. Like, oh, like, thank God. Like, this is not, we weren't ready anyway. We're living at home. We're trying to build up our finances again. Like we are crawling ourselves out of a hole. Like this wasn't the time. So, oh my goodness, it's great. I was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. I felt absolutely heartbroken because, you know, in the midst of this like small amount of time I planned everything out I planned her name I planned what the nursery was going to look like I planned what what shifts we were going to make I was ready to change jobs like I was like in planning mode Mm -hmm. um and I was ready and I imagined this this future of having this little baby and so when I woke up and I saw my period, it was like, well, damn. And that was an emotional wreck all morning. I literally remember going downstairs. from We wake up from, from my room, go downstairs, go get breakfast. I pick up my phone and a Pinterest notification came up saying baby girl names. And I just bursted into tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw the blood test that day. So I was like, okay, well, something's going on for me to have these symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, I did look up um, side effects to the or morning after pill, and everything said um, you get these symptoms just mildly for a few days after, and then it goes away. Well, my symptoms didn't start till days after mm. this, um, the pill wasn't right afterwards. So I was like, well, what the fuck's going on? Um, so I go to, get my blood test on, and I don't know if this is in Canada or not, but we have something called LabCorp, and they have it um, just either in like drugstores or just in its own building, went to LabCorp, and um, the particular one I went to, the system was down. The computers were down. Everything was down. They couldn't take anyone's blood, so here I am a with tears just in the Walgreens, just mm-hmm. Fasten the baby aisle and just holding back the tears. Um, I call my gynecologist once I get into the car and I explain the situation. I am like, well, I have, have my period. So I'm not pregnant. Like, um, but I still want to get a blood test done because I want to know something's going on with me. I want to know what's happening. And they said, all right, we'll let your doctor know. And we will, you know, we'll have them call you back. So I'm at work and I get the phone call from the doctor. I step aside because at the you know last last year I was with a three year old boy, so I had to like step away. And I stepped to somewhere private. I took the phone call, and they said the doctor still wants you to get blood work because you could still be pregnant and it could be an ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, but how is that so? Because I'm legit bleeding right now, like it's a period. And they go hold on one minute. They put me back on hold and then they come back on and they're like, doctor wants you to go to the ER right now. So I'm like, okay, which I did. I left work, went to the ER. So I'm in the waiting room and I have to be by myself because this, this particular hospital still had COVID regulations in place. So I'm by myself in the waiting room for almost four hours, anxiety attack. They're bringing me back. They're triaging me. They're They got blood work done. They sent me back out in the waiting room, waiting, waiting, waiting. They take me back finally. And I'm in there for another hour. And after a urine test and a blood test, I was never pregnant. Hmm. So I said, so what was happening? And the nurse said, what they don't say about those morning after pills is that they can cause extreme symptoms like that. The body literally mimics a pregnancy. So that way, when the egg drops, it thinks it's already pregnant and it'll just keep going.
2: Wow.
1: And it can last up to two cycles. Did not- I didn't know that. I've taken the morning after, uh, my, yeah, the morning after pill before. Never had those types of symptoms. Never. Not even like days, like right afterwards, And for a few days, like like the internet said, never had anything like that. So, and the doctor's like, well, you must be relieved. Well, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I'm relieved because my the three choices were, Either A, I'm not pregnant, B, I'm having a miscarriage, or C, there's an ectopic pregnancy. And either, mm-hmm. and B, if it's B or C, my baby's dying and mm-hmm. I'm in danger. Like mm-hmm. that's literally, so it was like I'm relieved that it's not anything like no one's in danger.
2: Dangerous,
1: yeah. But my heart was broken.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I questioned myself and I questioned my intuition because I swore I was pregnant. I felt a soul, I, I'm telling you, I felt another soul. I think my cat detected it too. Like it was, yeah, it was an experience I never had before. Um, and I thought I was okay. And I thought I was moving on, you know, for a while I was like a little sad, but I would, I was shaming myself because I was saying to myself, I shouldn't be sad because there are women who are having miscarriages and there are women who are trying to get pregnant and they can't, and you didn't even want a kid on Monday the day before. So like, why why are you sad? Don't be sad. Like, there's no reason. So I was feeling really like these hard, heavy feelings and then shaming myself Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: Because I didn't think I deserved to feel grief for the situation. Because there was never a physical being. And I thought I was okay until a month later. When Rob and I were in Target and we passed the baby aisle. And my body just like started shaking. Mm -hmm. And I felt my heart racing and I was going into like an anxiety attack. And I was holding back the tears and I was getting hot. Like I was like panicking and and almost like, like the grief was just coming back up again. Mm -hmm. And um, I talked to a few other self-love coaches about it because it was weeks and weeks later and I was still grieving. I was still sad. I was still crying. And I didn't think I had any reason to be. And I was assured that what I went through was really real. And it's okay that I feel the way I feel. And on a spiritual sense, maybe there was a baby girl soul coming to me because Rob and I were ready to like not have children at all at one point. And she's like, no way I'm here. <laughs> So that was, that was how I took it. And then I went to move on and I was doing okay. I was exercising and I was eating healthy. I was getting myself back on track. Things were going good. I was building up my website and content and stuff like that. And then somewhere in May, it just, it all changed. And I think it was after Mother's Day that I started going downhill again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it didn't, you know, I, I practiced all these, you know, healthy habits that every medical professional, psychiatrist, therapist, or any professional coach would say, practice to keep your well-being, like to keep it and keep yourself going. You know, I was journaling, I was meditating, I was Exercising, I was eating. I had a good like nutrition going. Um. I mean, I was I was taking my medications. I was you know I, I was talking to other coaches and doing uh, like I did a couple of hypnotherapy sessions. Like I was doing the work, and I just felt myself getting worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse. And by June beginning of June I I came to this like thought I, I want to say realization but it really wasn't a, it was what I thought was a realization I should say that no matter what I do the depression is always going to be there and it's always going to win and I'm not going to be able to live a normal life And this is what my life is going to be. And I am going to be a burden on everyone else
2: because of this depression and this anxiety. And so that,
1: so since I'm, this is the way it's going to be, and that's no way to live. I I should just kill myself. I remember laying in bed and telling Rob, I'm not going to survive and I'm not going to survive this. Like,
2: you need to move on. You need to find someone new. I'm so sorry. And I was actually had a bottle of Xanax. And I had it in my hand. And I counted it out and Googled how much would kill me. Like I was, I was planning. And um, on June
1: 4th, it was a Saturday. I was still here at that point I had texted. There's a couple crisis numbers that you can text. And I, and I did, Um, on June 4th, we woke up Saturday morning and we both slept late and we missed taking our dog to the groomers. And that was it. And that was it. Something so small and minuscule like oversleeping and not I'm missing a grooming appointment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was it. And I I said, I'm done. I said, I can't do this.
2: This is what life is going to be like. I'm going to forget things. I'm, not, I'm, I'm useless. And I'm, I'm not being
1: a good wife not being a good daughter, not being a good pet mom. Like I'm
2: not, and it wouldn't be a good mom to a human either. So that's it. I packed two bags and um,
1: wrote a goodbye note to Rob and my mom. I left my wedding, my rings, my wedding ring, my engagement ring with the note for Rob. And I got in my car and I left. Um, I didn't make it far. <laughs> um, I got like in Delaware, got to Delaware. And I had my phone on do not disturb because there was nothing that anyone was going to say to me and come back. And somehow my one of my best friends calls came through. Um, and she's, you know, we've been best friends since we were six years old. She knows me, she knows everything. I've been through her mother deals with mental illness too. So she, she knows, she knows the whole procedure. Like she knows what's happening. Um, She and I have talked a little bit and I told her, I said, I can't do this anymore
2: because I was, I felt like I was doing the right things and they weren't enough. And after just the, like a good half
1: hour, if it was just us talking and me driving, she convinced me to turn around. And I did. And I went home. And when I got there, um, I, you know, my family had called the police. And the police had come. But they didn't, I didn't talk to them. Uh, my friend came down, my other friend who was actually searching for me with rob um she came to talk to me and she said do you want to talk to the police and i said no and she said well this is what needs to happen she goes you have two choices you the police take you well in pennsylvania there's two codes there's 302 which is involuntary hospitalization and there's 201 which is voluntary they said the police 302 you and you go to this hospital which I don't want to name names, <laughs> but it's a uh in a not very desirable hospital. And because if they 302 you, you go here. If you 201 yourself, you can check yourself into anywhere you want to go. At that point, I was like, all right, well, I've done everything else, so let's go. And I did. I went to check myself into the hospital. I went right to the ER. And I told them, I said, I'm too, I'm too wanting myself. They got me back right away. I was in a room. They had someone watching me. And they, they sat at the edge of the room, just like kind of chilling, doing their own thing, but they had to watch me. Even like there was a little like toilet in the room. They couldn't even leave the room so I can go to the bathroom. Like they were in there with me. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a gross detail. So, but this is, this is who I am. I had to take a shit and I was like, hold your nose." Basically, <laughs> I'm like, if you're gonna be in here with me like, just look away and hold your nose, my apologies. Um, so I spent a couple days in the psych ward of this hospital. They got me to a point where I was not suicidal anymore but um, I still was kind of going through these med changes and everything. And you know what I, out of all this story I'm telling, you know what I didn't even mention? In the midst of all this, I was finally planning that big wedding, right? Like I was like, yeah. you know, I always, always forget this detail too. <laughs> I was planning this, this is how much the depression took over. I was planning this big, my big wedding. And it was at the end of June. And if this happened at the beginning of June, um, this is what depression does. This is what depression and anxiety, this is what it wants to do to you. It's yeah, it's, that gives it right there is a prime example of what depression is. Um, I came out of the hospital, got myself, I was kind of going up and down. They put me on a medication that made me manic. It was not good. And then I came down off of it and I was okay had my wedding it was beautiful I wore a beautiful dress
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I took beautiful pictures it was great and after the wedding I spent two months in intensive outpatient therapy it was therapy about two hours a day four days a week I had to leave my job because I it was just too much it was too much to do the therapy and then go to work
2: mm-hmm. and act
1: like I'm okay after having the, the, like a breakdown, like day in the couple of hours earlier during therapy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a group therapy session because, you know, that's it's just this big, you know, big group, like a couple people. Um, and not only was like I feeling my own shit, like I'm feeling all of their shit too. Like I am picking up on your energy. And oh my God. And it's a very big difference also. When you are the client and you're not the coach and you're not the therapist, like we are not on the other side of that because I have talked to clients and I can I don't take on the energy. Mm-hmm. I can I can be empathetic and I can be that ha- and hold that safe space without taking their energy. But when like I'm on the other
2: side, it's it's just different. It's just very different. Um, so after IOP was done,
1: I put myself back into therapy, like I go on my own, I talked to other coaches, I went back over like everything I've learned in the self-love coaching course, Um, Rob and I did move out of my mom's house and we are back in in our own place and I started, um, getting better again. I, um, thankfully I talked to my psychiatrist and, um, you know, we we found a good medication combo. And I oh, also in the summertime, I guess when I got certified for Holy Fire Reiki, mm. so it was um, busy, busy. It was just a- <laughs> like I'm telling you, like the depression really did take up the bulk of the year. But then, like all these amazing things happened too, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, that did happen.
2: <laughs> um,
1: but I think you know, also due to the, the long lasting depression
2: mm-hmm.
1: i now have a lot of brain fog mm. and i've been having sleep issues um, which probably has to re- be related to my own my health other other reasons but um i did find out also and i just have sleep apnea so now i have to get the mask
0: yeah the mask yep, <laughs>
1: yep. and but then i'm like oh my god that probably fueled everything because i wasn't sleeping but i thought i was and i thought it was the depression but that was my most recent experience with it, that it was not the first time that I have hit an all time low in dark place that I was suicidal. I've hit that point a couple of times. This is the first time I went to go carry out the plan.
2: Um, I remember um, when I was in the hospital,
1: we had to do all these group therapies and I introduced myself and I said I was a self-love coach and I kind of made the joke like I'm a self-love coach but here I am in the hospital um after like I wanted to kill myself and then I stopped for a second and I was like no wait a minute yeah um this actually shows that I'm a I actually do love myself because I wouldn't be here if I didn't love myself so even though I was struggling even though my thoughts were put you know were Oh shit that was not true um I still was practicing self-love because no matter what was happening I was still trying
2: mm-hmm. I was
1: still trying to just get to this good place that I know was going to be there at some point mm-hmm. but it's hard it's hard sometimes those thoughts seem really real and they're not and it's like a very big reminder that thoughts are just thoughts
0: yeah they're so powerful. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for feeling safe enough to share that. I know you said that's the first time you shared that. It's just like such a like a deeply moving and powerful story and such a like a vulnerable story and I know there are so many other people who have experienced that who can relate. And so I appreciate you and I'm sure a lot of the other listeners the listeners appreciate you being so open and so vulnerable and, and just like taking the time to talk about that because like it's not easy and like you said in the beginning there's just so many stigmas still associated with mental health that like we we hide it for years we hide it for years and we struggle silently and mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be like that but yeah you, like you said you love yourself enough to to do the work, number one, to like do whatever it takes to, you know, like work through the struggles and, and like you've done the work, you, you, you ultimately have put yourself first. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, having gone through struggle as a self love coach, you made the joke when you were in your group session, but it just makes you so much more authentic, like, like you and relatable like you get it you just get it and I think that's really relatable to people and I think you are so brave for sharing honestly thank you so much I feel so honored that you shared your story so thank you thank you so much before we say anything else like just thank you so
1: (laughs) Thank thank you so much for holding the space so I can share it
0: oh I appreciate it I really appreciate it
1: um so you had a
0: very very big year like ups downs in between and you're on the other side um what were some of the and I mean you did everything you did everything to help yourself you know you were in a really good place what were like some of the the barriers that you hit I know you had said like Mother's Day kind of like triggered things but like what were what were some of the barriers that you experienced on your journey when you were trying to like, get out of,
2: um, you know, get yourself to a like a good place? Um, there was,
1: you know, in the beginning, there was um lack of availability from my previous therapist, mm-hmm. who was absolutely amazing, but she has switched to a different practice and her availability was so limited. And when you are in a rough state, and you need someone mm-hmm. and they're not available for like two months, mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. I might have to find another therapist or, um, another big thing was, you know, finances. We have health insurance in America and you know what, I'm not going to even open that whole can of worms. Cause that can be a whole other podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. can. But if you are any, if you either live in the US or you are familiar with the healthcare system in the US, I'm not, you know, you already know, and I'm not going to go into it anymore, but paying for therapy was hard and paying for the psychiatrist was hard. Um, especially when you are going through financial struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I first was feeling these feelings and having a rough time and I was trying to tell my psychiatrist who was a different psychiatrist than the one I have now he didn't really um believe me Hmm. and I've never had this was never came from him before he really just wasn't listening to me Hmm. um I basically said I was having suicidal thoughts but I was like still getting up and going to work and he goes well I'm like you know you're pretty much doing okay and I'm like, um, no, because I'm literally walking my dog and all of a sudden I have the thought of I should just go kill myself. I'm like, whoa, intrusive thoughts. Let's not, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was happening. Um, so I switched to psychiatrist. I had to find a new one. And sometimes it's really, really hard to find yourself a, a new doctor and a new therapist and all the things that you need either because one lack of availability two they don't take your insurance and three even if they do take your insurance you still have a large ass copay Mm -hmm. there's a deductible and you have a large Mm -hmm. deductible which at that time we had a large deductible um so that was a huge 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 barrier was finding the finances but you know we were going to make it work because i needed to get better and so we did and then so you know i when open enrollment came around, and Rob's job, because that's who I'm under, we switched. We switched to another plan, and it which makes everything so much easier now, because uh, the copay is lower, deductible was lower, and it was good.
0: I know that's one of the struggles here in Canada. Is like, yes, we have universal healthcare, but that like therapy, psychiatry, like that stuff is not covered. And even if you have a really good job there's only a certain amount of sessions that are covered so mm. it it yeah it does make it really difficult to access the the sources that you need for the amount of time that you require or for like even like finding a a psychologist or psychiatrist out here like he's like saving with you it's it's a process you have to wait and and you know I know like during COVID the need went way up and particularly in the city that I live in like mental health is we're like a, our city is like like health science capital but like there's such a need for more mental health resources like I think it's one of the things that's lacking in our system in the city and it's so it's so difficult it's so difficult and I'm, I'm so sorry that you were like dismissed by your doctor as well when he's like well you're having these thoughts but you're doing well like like what
1: yeah yeah. what (laughs) as as i said that this was the thought i had it should have or and i and i was like crying all the time and all this stuff it should have been like oh shit all right let's see what we can do and it wasn't
0: oh (laughs) my god i know like as an educator in my other day job um if if any if a student makes any comments you know, along those lines, like we deal with it right away. Like Mm -hmm. we need to address it right away with the proper people, because like, even if the kids, like, it was just a joke. It was just a joke. Like it is like, you have, you have to be so careful. So the fact that a doctor is not, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And I had him for years and he was always so good. And it was just up until that point where I was like, I don't feel like I'm being heard. And so I had to, I had to find someone who would hear me and I did.
0: Good. I'm glad that you did find someone. I feel like that's a big thing too with, with mental wellness and mental health is like being, being heard and like having people take it seriously. And I think our society is definitely getting better. I don't know what it's like in the States. I know in Canada, there's definitely more awareness brought to it. Not necessarily that people um, I'm gonna end up put believe it in air quotes because <laughs> I don't I don't believe in that stuff. I don't like it's a very like old fashioned way of thinking. Yes. Um, but there's definitely a, a a lot more awareness being spread through society, which is nice. But um, I don't know, it's
1: just difficult. It is. I would say it definitely is getting better, but we still have a long way to go.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a long a long way to go and being taken seriously with it.
1: Mm -hmm. So you talked about some of the
0: wellness practices that you were doing at the time. Um, you say that now you practice gratitude. What were some of the wellness practices that you find? And I mean, from what you've said, you seem to be consistent in everything. What are some of the ones though that really that like really helped best support you or like really got you through or or like you really, really couldn't do without? Like what are some of those supports that work for you?
1: Some of the practices movement will be one of them. Um because it, it does release those dopamines and if first of we just feel it feels good just to move your body sometimes, especially when you were isolating for so long. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite thing to do is to go for a nature walk. Um I am a huge mm-hmm. nature buff. I very much talk to the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I have put my hand on the trees and I feel that like grounding, I'll stick my feet in the grass, the bare feet, I will ground those have been most helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, connecting with nature has been my mm-hmm. biggest like relief. Um, meditation, I have been practicing meditation. I'm not always like the best with this, so I need to do it more. I will be perfectly <laughs> honest these recently, and it hasn't really been <laughs> <laughs> but um. I every day is different that. every day is yeah. different. every day that's right every day your best is going to look different um but I do find that meditation kind of re-regulates um my system in grounding grounding techniques mindfulness practice has been key those um using like your senses right like the five four three two one technique I can get down to three and I'm all right. Like if I feel myself getting an anxiety attack, I'm like, all right, five things you hear, four things you see. And I go, go down the list or I start reading things or read the room. So just being present in that moment has been so beneficial. Um, That's
0: so really interesting because you're not our first guest to say like to attribute being present to helping them with whatever it is that like they need support for so it it's you know when you when you said that like helping to be present that really struck me as important because it sticks with so many people and so many of us are not present in so many different ways right struggle to be
1: right and sometimes the presence and what you are dealing with is not always the best And I. I acknowledge that. Like I I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. I understand like trying to be present in an environment that is not serving you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. So that's when gratitude can fall into place
2: mm-hmm. where
1: you can, you know, us just say, all right, yeah, like you know what, this living environment is shit, but you know what? These leggings are fucking cute and I love them. <laughs> right? Like, oh what a good pair of leggings. <laughs> Turn your day right girl. around. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> no, and I'm saying this in a way of helping you find something in the present moment, not the toxic positivity of just be grateful. Of course. Because um, yes, yeah, like, oh girl, thanks. Um, like <laughs> right. Because that's what you know, some people really think they're helping when they're just like, well, just cheer up, just be grateful for this thing. There's so many people who have it worse than you. I'm like, okay, thanks. That's so thanks. dismissive. <laughs> that's so dismissive. The
0: amount of times like. I've heard that said to other people or had that said to me, like whatever. I'm like, you know what? But I'm still sad right now. I'm still really angry <laughs> at what just happened. I'm still, like, I know people have it worse, but today, right now, this is what I'm feeling. And this sucks. And yes. to be seen and to be heard is so important.
1: Yes, absolutely. And actually, you've just like led me into something else I was gonna say. Um something i really Felt like I finally it was like the aha moment was self-compassion.
2: Mm.
1: Yes. Um, you know, like if my friend came to me and was like, Oh, I didn't get up and do my workout this morning, I wouldn't be like, Oh, you stupid bitch. Like I just like wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that to my friend. I wouldn't shame them for just not doing a workout. So like, why am I going to say this to myself? Exactly. Like, do we do this to ourselves all the time. Why are we doing this to ourselves? This is what fuels the negative talk and fuels the anxiety and fuels the depression. And then as we go on this spiral and cycle. So when I just stopped and it was like, like, Hey, I know you're anxious right now. Like, yeah, this really sucks. It sucks that you feel that way. We're going to, but we're going to be okay. Let's just get through this one at a time. Even just something so simple like that. I've learned to just be like, all right, think I got this. Yep. be able to move through these emotions better.
0: I honestly find that when you were saying that, sometimes, sometimes that little pep talk, like in front of a mirror, like I am so angry. This, like, this isn't fair. Or when this person did this, like, I like literally talk it out with myself in front of the mirror and then like, just like let it all out and be ugly and be whiny and be, whatever. Cause I'm like, one, if I share this with someone else, I'm going to sound batshit crazy. (laughs) And two, or like, it's hard when you're, you're experiencing really heavy emotions. Sometimes it's hard for people to hold space or people aren't able to hold space or like, don't know how to hold space or whatever. So sometimes you do have to do that for yourself and you really do feel better after you have that little, I don't know. Sometimes I call it a pity party. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have this pity party. And then I'm going to talk it out and then I'm going to move on with my day. And I think it's so necessary because that way you're not going through the rest of your day grumpy or sad or projecting, which is just a big thing. Like how many times like your coworkers show up to work and you're like, whoa, like, why are you so angry today? What happened? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's important to take like those couple minutes with yourself to have those, I don't know. I call them pity parties. And I say that with like all the best intentions, like no, no um, downgrading that there, but, but yeah, and like, it works. It
2: works.
1: Yeah. I think whatever you need to do in that moment to acknowledge those feelings, because they're coming up for a reason. They're your feelings. Mm -hmm. We can't help the feelings that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't help the faults that come to our head. And I started doing this especially after where I've had moments where I have projected my anger and my anxiety on others. Ahead, yeah. And that's sure. not fair. That's not fair to them. And you know, and you, I, you know, then I feel like shit because I was so mean to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, no, like this, I'm not that person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, adding adding doing that along with um other practices such as, you know, keeping a, a positive feed going on, you know, I'm watching shows that make me smile and laugh or that entertain me. I'm reading books that are like, you know, around around, around personal development or listening to podcasts like yours that are, <laughs> that are inspiring and, um, you know, taking off the negative social media and keeping the positive, um, you know, practicing manifestation and affirmations and um journaling. Journaling is such a I know you've talked about it on your show. Such a good Love tool. Love it. Such a good tool yeah. to either process what's going on, um, or you can do like a um what's the word? Mm-hmm. Not theme like uh, a, prompt, a prompt.
2: Oh, yes, 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 yeah. You can direct a prompt.
1: It really, you do some shadow work or, you know, um, I've also, you know, when we talked about this in our course, intuitively eating and just actually mm-hmm. enjoying food for what the food is doing and not, you know, oh, this is bad food, you know, just, you know, just putting, now I'm not like, you know, popping Reese's every single minute. <laughs> But you know, when so that would do, be okay. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't be, I mean, that would be fine. But <laughs> my cholesterol might be something different. But <laughs> cholesterol might not be happy with you, but No, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I follow, I, I would say I follow the 8020. Like mm-hmm. I get in all my nutrition food that's good for my body and it's good for fueling me. And then the 20% is like, all right, let me get in the the these uh wings right now because yeah, yeah. These are delicious. (laughs) You have to. Yeah. I mean, you have to do what makes you happy and without you know feeling like there's consequences. Mm -hmm. Because there isn't. I mean, you can enjoy an Oreo or two. A
2: hundred percent you can. Like, like just do it. Like
1: you can show yourself that love and compassion for and by through having an Oreo. Instead of making yourself feel guilty and horrible and fueling those negative thoughts and starting the, the cycle of spiraling down.
0: Yeah. And a lot of time, and I mean, it sounds, it's so much easier to say than it actually does. Like it's in practice, it takes work and it takes practice, right? But, mm-hmm. but just to change simple thoughts like that, where, you know, you pick up an Oreo, and rather than saying like, I shouldn't eat this Oreo, it's bad. I and mean, like guilt tripping yourself, just say like, you know what? This one Oreo is going to make me happy. This Are one you? Oreo is delicious. Like just changing your thoughts in simple ways like that. And then they just multiply. It multiplies and it it begins, like you begin applying it to different aspects of your life. And you don't notice you're doing it, but
1: you start to do it. True. Very true. It's a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. Have you heard of, I just heard this the other day on social media, like the lucky girl syndrome?
1: Yes, yes I did. I saw it on TikTok and then I had a friend actually was like, hey, have you heard this, this trend on TikTok? And I'm like, yes I have. And yes. I've been doing it. Yes. I've been doing it. And um, it, I think this is, again, this can be a whole other podcast episode <laughs> of just like talking about manifestation and stuff like that but when you are talking, you know, and if, if remember what I said earlier in the, um in the show of when I was practicing gratitude, because you, you know, you know, not only was it helping me find the beauty and find the good in everything that was crashing and burning, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what you put out into the universe, it's going to bounce back. Um, I like to use the analogy of that. Remember that old, like when we were, when you're fighting with someone, and you're just like, "I'm rubber and you're glue." Whenever you, yeah. see you do, <laughs> yeah. like, "Well, think of us as the glue and the universe is the rubber," and whatever we're saying, it's bouncing off the universe and it's coming back. I
2: love so that.
1: If I'm putting out like, yeah, like I mean, things are so good, and and you know, even I know, and sometimes it's hard. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going my thought, my brain's now going into two different directions. So let me try to like, No, that's okay. <laughs> so let me just say one thought at a time, <laughs> but, you know, I try to put out like, you know what, that, that gratitude and that like, things are good and we're doing fine and, and I'm not being in denial about it. Or if something's mm-hmm. kind of shitty going on, just say, Hey, right now, this moment and this particular thing is shitty, mm-hmm. but my, it doesn't mean I have a bad life. Yeah. Um, And yes, then I was gonna say it's hard. It's hard, and it is a practice, especially when you you know your brain is pretty much wired to think negatively, and or if you you know it is unlearning and learning new new tools, and it can be done,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: doesn't have to go from like zero to eighty in like instantly. I don't because I think like for example like affirmations like if you had told yourself for years that if you have been saying I'm ugly I'm ugly for years and then you go in the mirror one day and you go I'm beautiful you're not going to believe it it's not going to be true and you're not going to feel good no so you have to kind of baby step your way in and like maybe say something neutral like you know I have a nose that's mm-hmm. like, you know my I use the nose for smelling things but that's and that's like a fact it's not there's no like emotion attached to it either way like it's just it's it's just true my nose is here on my face people have a nose like this and we use it to smell and slowly you can build it up and add more a little more positive sprinkle a little positivity on it that's
0: a great tip actually especially if you're trying to like rewire your thought process from always thinking negative things about yourself or about your life, or about your situation, it might be a difficult um, transition to go from negative to positive, but if you can go from negative to facts, so then your brain's like fact, fact, not negative fact, and yeah. then make the, the hops jump over to positive. That That's such a great transition. Like that's such a great tip.
1: Thank yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I can't take all the credit for that tip. I did hear that from Carla Lowenthal. I don't know if you ever heard of her. I hope I said her name right. She is another, she's a coach. She, I think she has her own podcast. It's called Unfuck Your Brain. Um, oh, I,
0: I might people. have listened to that.
1: Yeah, it's a really good, and that was one of her tips. And I, you know, it really, it really does work. Um, And that's something I have taken and not only used for myself, but will be using with my clients because with anxiety, with depression, as I was mentioning earlier, your brain literally is thinking the worst of the worst. It's making you feel like the worst of the worst. So you got, you, know, you got, it's a practice and it's progress. Practice makes progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for like people listening who might not have ever had, you know, mental wellness or might not be aware or whatever uh, issues. I'd say like to always be kind to people who are going through these struggles. Um, as you were, you were talking about, you know, how you always think negative things and it's a, it's a process. And um, I can, I can think of a handful of people who the sky is always falling. And in my head, I'm like, that doesn't seem like logically. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that big a deal, but I know that that person is struggling with, X, Y, and Z. And so I know to them that is a really, really big deal. And I think that oftentimes people are so dismissive because they're like, that's not a big deal. Why are you worried about that? But they don't understand how like in that individual's head, it is a really big deal. Like it is a big struggle. It is something that it just seems so insurmountable. And so I think when approaching anybody because you don't know what someone is going through, just like be kind and have a little compassion.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, to add on to that, even if the that little thing is not really a big deal, if you may think it's not a big deal, it could have just been the last straw.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like when I was saying, I woke up, we missed my dog's grooming appointment. And that was the last straw to just make me break. Yep
2: you yeah. never know
1: you never know yes always practice aim for kindness and sometimes you know everyone is struggling with something sometimes it's hard sometimes we fuck up mm-hmm. we make mistakes um
2: but all this together so we not forget up. sometimes yeah we
1: got this we you know you know if you ever make a mistake and you're not kind then own it own it Be like oh shit i'm going through shit too yeah, oh, no. like everyone's going through shit, and I think people appreciate that too, just to
0: know that they're not alone. Because I think we all feel like we are alone and we are carrying the uh-huh. weight of the
1: world on our shoulders.
2: Yes, so um, I agree with that.
1: No, no one is. We are not alone. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So, if you had some advice you could leave our listeners with who might be struggling with their own mental wellness, their own mental health journeys,
2: um, what advice would you leave them with?
1: I would first, I, I'm probably gonna like repeat myself. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but give yourself compassion. Mm-hmm. You would be compassionate to others. You need to be compassionate with yourself. Let those feelings come up. They're coming up for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you if you need to personify them to make yourself go through these feelings, um, well, like making yourself, but if you help if it's gonna help you process the feelings by personifying them, um, then do it whatever you need to do, but don't dismiss them. Cause they're going to come back.
2: Mm-hmm. They're going to come
1: back stronger. Mm-hmm. Let yourself go through it. I would also remind everyone that your best is not going to look the same every day. Healing is not linear. It is, it is absolutely the, like if you think of a roller coaster and all the ups and downs mm-hmm. and turns and loop-de-loops, and that is healing, mm-hmm. you're going to feel like you have went through this, like, spiritual enlightenment, if you even are going through the spiritual part of it, you're going to feel like you have, like, cracked the Da Vinci code one day, and then you're <laughs> going to feel like there's, like, this giant cat weighing, like, have you ever seen that show Big Mouth with the depression cat? It's this big, funny <laughs> like purple cat and she just sits on sits on the person then you're gonna feel like that someday and now I use the analogy of a cat and I love cats and I have cats but (laughs) if you have if you are an owner of a cat they sit on your face and they just are right there all the time it's kind of like oh and now they're amazing but yeah you get what I'm saying I'm 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 going off on a tangent so just know that it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to need the help you are not alone, and there is someone, many people who understand mm-hmm. what you're going through. And there is help for you, it's out there. And there are people who do love you and care about you and want you here in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That's such great advice. Such great advice. And I know it's going to reach people that need to hear it. So thank you for giving that. Um, But if our listeners wanted to connect with you on your socials, or perhaps um, work with you as a coach, um, where can they connect with you?
1: I am on Instagram and TikTok. Same handle name. It is underscore flower moon rising. One word and an underscore at the end of it. So underscore flower moon rising underscore. I do have a Facebook group, it's called Authentically You. That is the name of my signature program that will be launching in May on the full flower moon, May 5th. Very
2: cool.
1: Um, I am starting to take a wait list and doing free discovery calls. So if anyone would be interested in finding out more information, um, you can go on my website www.flowermoonrising.com. I also will be starting a YouTube channel. Uh, So it is called Flower Moon Rising. My business is called Flower Moon Rising. (laughs) Um, So um, I haven't posted any vlogs yet or any videos yet. It's in the works. So and my TikTok is very scarce. I am still figuring it out. But I'm, you know, the the social media is getting up there. But um, yeah, all those places you can reach me.
0: Well, very good. We well, you will, um, we'll make sure to put those in our show notes, uh, so people don't miss them, but I just want to say a big, big thank you. Thank you for helping us to bring awareness on Bella's talk day and just for sharing your story for being so vulnerable. Um, so open, I think it's just such a beautiful thing that you shared with everyone. So huge, huge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you. So please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us
2: today. We'll see you next time.